search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome everyone that plays League of Legends in the world to episode number 64 of the Broken by Concept podcast. We're excited for everyone to join. We're sitting down at a campfire. Curtis and Nathan are sharing our old League of Legends wisdom stories. We're 90 years old. We've got the 18-year-old, you know, kids just coming up and, you know, around the fire. Back in my right, eh? We are, dude. We're boomers. We are boomers. We are boomers. We're getting very old. What did you get up to on the weekend, dude? Um, solo queue. How many blocks? Solo queue. Um, on Saturday, two, three blocks. And then yesterday was... Three three blocks. Three three blocks. Yeah, I've been I've been doing that. I've been trying to get that in as much as I can. Wow. So what's any update? Um, I've definitely identified mechanically. I fuck up a lot. That's it's a really trend. Sad. Yeah. Like there's so many situations where the game looks like a different game. Like what's an example of a mechanical misplay? Um, what's an example? Because you don't really play many mechanically demanding champions, though. So for example, yesterday I was playing Rexai in a yep. fight. And I had the mindset too early to like just front to back, but I should have just gone and killed Viego. One, just one shot. Yeah. Okay. And then he was freely able to walk into the fight and I used my knockoff That's not mechanical. That's not really a mechanical misplay, is it? Maybe not. Maybe it's the decision making. So it's, it's like a... But like my, my intuition role. is slow, I feel. Like knowing what to do and why. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think I know what my options, but I tunnel on one thing. I feel very lost sometimes in fights. Mm. Do you think that's a... Usually if I were to get that problem with a client, I usually tie back to lol state usage. Like, are they identifying their role correctly in fights? And their threats, key threats and stuff like that. Well, it's crazy because this specific game, I was the whole game, I, I was just strolls in Viego's face because mm. I reckon to Viego's a good matchup, right? Because mm. he can't walk up because you can just always 1v1 him. Right. And suddenly this one dragon fight, I think what I do is in team fights, my mindset is Rek'Sai defaults to pill, but it was a set. Like set used all his abilities. Why am I focusing a set? Like he's he's good as dead anyway. Yeah, that's right. Right. And then I, I use my knock up and everything on him, and then Viego comes. And yeah. we, we literally would have won the game from that. Right. And it's so okay. frustrating when that's happening. And another situation is like, uh, it was a top lane um, play. Oh, I mean, I guess you could say it's a little bit unlucky. Like sometimes it just misses in our W's and it's just so bad, man. So it's a series of little, little. It's things. little things. And One so, what's th- your process right now for for getting through that? Just focus. I don't know. I don't really have one. I'm just focusing on it. I guess. So you're just trying to play with intensity. Yeah, intensity. Just in. really think about the way, like fight. I'm like, okay, let's fight. I'm trying to be like more aggressive and stuff. But one thing I'm actually noticing is that I'm always behind every game as a jungler. In what do you mean by that? You're defining for arm levels, or XP, CS, everything. everything. Is that stemming from ganks? Where's the stem- where's it coming from? I uh, what it is is I'm too focused on my laners because I'm playing like the early game junglers. Yeah, haven't we gone over this last time? You said that you pl- when you play these junglers. <laughs> I know what got you the most success was playing as if you're you're, you're a scaling, scaling jungler. I know, but you just no, can't but, bring yourself. To no, it. but what happens is then sometimes I do that and then I'm. You know how sometimes like some, your narrative gets broken then? And then it's like, well, it's like two games that happens where I lose the game because I miss some opportunities. that I, I, Like they looked okay, but I thought the high percentage thing was to take mm. my camps, right? And then I 
I lose the game because of that, but I shouldn't be thinking just in those two games. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. Like you, you say, you say how easy it is the next games to yeah, yeah to yeah. then it's like well that's what I do. okay well that doesn't work and you know how you go extremes yeah you go to extremes I keep going to extremes rather than trying to kind of calibrate and find that middle ground like all like looking at that thing is like okay well I could have maybe been there but it didn't look like they were going to heavy trade anytime soon mm. you know what I mean mm. and then sometimes that I feel like I'm running to every fight yeah I feel you yeah. It's hard. I, I feel as though that does come with champion mastery, though, in a way. It's like you, you got to understand, like over time when you play a lot of a champion, you're going to be able to identify the games where you are to play fast or you are to play a certain way and then games where you're not to play a certain way. That's right. Way. It's a slow game and stuff. You, you see like the signs. You know, this is a slow game. Therefore, I do this. I know. I know. It's funny because I, I literally had that mindset in mm. some games and the slow game ended up being a fast game and I lost the game because of it. Yeah. Like... It's chaotic. is becoming very chaotic for me and I'm trying to comprehend what's going on and I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. It's well, a lot of inconsistency. Well, that's in actually really right interesting because I actually have taken three days off from the game. I had a series of games on Thursday, I think it was, Thursday evening, where I was so angry. Yeah. I was pissed. I had one of those just annoying games. It was, just, it was, it was a block. It, it was, was an block. entire blo- evening of games that just infuriated was me. Was that the game where... Was that the... the We played Galio's in? Was that was that last week? What day was that? No, we destroyed that game. We won was that Was that game. on Thursday? I can't... No, that was Wednesday. I'm pretty oh, sure. That was Wednesday. Okay, this is the next it was day. A ga- it, was a ga- it, was, it was just... Anyway, it was a really miserable day of games. And it was... Funnily enough, today's topic being addiction. It was the one time... Not one time. It was a time where I genuinely felt my addiction to the game mm. take over me. And I played a game, a fourth game out of my block of three. And I played out of my fucking mind and I won. Mm. And I said, all right, I'm putting that away. Mm. I need to take a few days off. Really? So I didn't touch the game for the whole weekend. That's really, that's a lot of discipline. And um, I feel amazing right now. I haven't felt this mentally refreshed since my holiday at the end of last year so i'm going to give you a bit of an update so i've been doing a few things recently um to help with my mental yeah first things first um i've been doing cold showers i saw your tweet you're saying that OP or they, like they that. are ge- like it is one thing that has genuinely caught me off guard yeah. i didn't think how, Everyone, you've always heard about it i've right? heard i thought it was just a buzzword something like that yeah. like, like something you should some gimmick mm. but it has genuinely been a game changer for for allowing me to mental refresh it's kind of like a form of meditation for me anyway at least at least for me that's 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 the benefit i get from it it's like it's just a reset it's like a reset button i i, I do yeah. the cold shower and it's yeah. like it's as if I'm waking up again. Yeah. Like I'm waking up from a morning. It's like that. It's really invigorating. Um, and this break between the cold showers and between the break of just taking a few ways, a few days away from um, solo queue and going outside a lot over the weekend. I literally just walked. I went outside, went to the park, went to like the lake around near where we live and just spend there lying on the grass in the sun, just chilling, walking, talking, and just being away from technology and away from yep. just getting vitamin D, just refreshing. Yeah, I just feel invigorated. Yeah, I feel really, really refreshed. Versus if you were to stay at home and just play league the weekend. Well, I feel like I was getting... Because with my Kiana guard, I've been grinding so yeah. many games and it's just it's just dragging on and like... 
I just got to do it. And I just played, I was actually getting worse at Kiana though, because I've been in the shit mentally. So I went through like, a, I was, everything was starting to click. And I was super confident. And then I just got into like this huge rut where I just been, I lose every game. And it's, it's not because I don't know what to do. It's just, I can't, I'm not executing it well. And execution is everything on a champion like Kiana. So I just feel like I'm in a huge rut. So I just said, fuck it. I'm refreshing. I'm not touching the game. I know I need to do this guide. I know I need to get games in, but I have to do this. Because if you kept guide, you're just going to be worse. Oh, it's just going to get it's worse. Of so it'll be interesting to see how it changes this week. Um, but I feel great mentally. I feel very refreshed and very... Excellent. Did that whole process. Um, so there was the cold showers, just the going outside, the walking, literally just doing nothing, essentially. Yep. Which is great. Yep. So, addiction. That's Nathan, the topic. This That's today, the topic. we've got a lot, a lot to cover with. And look, Spicy. We were going to... I think we mentioned a while ago, one of our early episodes, that we had to do an episode on addiction. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of obliged on, to. We've touched on addiction here and there. We're, we're obligated to, because game a league is a game whereby there is so much addiction. Yeah. And that word, it, it, we have to, we video, have to address Video it, game right? addiction is like a... Oh, video game addiction, it's a, it's a real problem. It's a disease, isn't it? Isn't it an actual disease? I think in some countries, yeah. So, um, where this all started was, there was a few stepping stones that kind of got me to what we're going to talk about today. There was that on Thursday, where the game where I genuinely felt this huge, immense of dopamine that I had to play. There was nothing in the world that would have stopped yeah. me from playing that game. Got to play the game. Nothing. Mm. No matter what anyone said, mm. if you if you dragged me out of chair, I would have found a way to get back in that chair and play that <laughs> game, right? I was the yeah. extreme. Yeah. Of like addiction because you had that very frustrating. Three I had that block. three block, and I and I had to play, and I played. I played. I well, to be fair though, I did play the best game. I, you were I, really angry playing that game. Yeah, I was infuriated. I was infuriated, and I, I I won a game where my top lane was down hundred CS. Yeah, I won v nine as bard. I did more. I did more damage than their eighty carry as a bard. Wow, it was it was the best bard game I think of. Probably the top five bard games I've played in my life. Yeah, and that was after that. But it's just, it's a different story though. But regardless, it was an out of addiction in a way. So you literally said after the game, I'm addicted to the game. I felt it. No, you I felt, felt it. it. I felt terrible. Yeah. I felt like I, I was both a- addicted, but I, like I could feel the addiction element of solo queue coming on. Like, yeah. Just one more. Yeah, one more. Like, yeah. Just one more yeah. game. I felt that. I, and I, and instead of like saying no, I just went with it. And um, there was that. And then there was a movie that I a podcast and a movie that I happened to listen to. So the first one was a movie called The Sound of Metal. I got recommended by Sybil. He he listens to the podcast, Sybil. so shout out to Sybil. I played some solo queue with Sybil. We, we struggled a little bit this, <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, it was interesting games, let's just say that. I love Sybil. He's a good guy. He is. Um, yeah, he recommended this movie a while ago, got around to it, has really high ratings, and I said, you know, it looks interesting. So look, without giving it away... Um, the, it's a pretty basic story. You're not really giving much away. The kind of the description is basically the story, right? It's about a drummer, a punk metal drummer who loses his hearing, loses his hearing and basically goes through the, the battle of, you know, what, what that would, the toll that would take on your mentality after you lose your hearing. And um, he was an addict, an ex-drug addict as well. He, and he was sober for four years and he goes through the whole... The, the issues with addiction he had and um, going through that whole mess, essentially. And it's an incredibly powerful movie. And it, a, it changes your perspective. It definitely changed my perspective I, on a few things. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I mean, firstly, you take your hearing for granted. Secondly, you, you just learn about that, that whole deaf community and stuff. 
that was fascinating stuff and something I've never thought it about. It was ever. pretty wholesome, wasn't it? It was, especially when he started like getting into the community and learning and how to do sign, sign language. language and stuff like that. And that guy, I love that guy. Joe, runs, Joe. yeah, that's he's excellent. He, he was like a, my idol. Like yeah. I view that's yeah. like that's in a way I view like that community is the MLA and Soul Two in a way, and we are Joe. That's that's I, what I. Me, that's my goal. That's what I want. That's it to my be. goal. That's that's like so imagine if Nathan we could do like a retreat. Yeah, and we 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 like. We're like out in the in the country in a way, in like the, the league. But, but we have like a little house, and then we play games. But then we, we do like these group sessions and stuff, and like <laughs> I, sitting on the grass and stuff. I it's, I love that. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's yeah. cool. And it's like it, a retreat. Yeah, I guess it's like a retreat, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like people we get people coming in league therapy sessions. Yeah, but anyway, it touches on addiction, and then I happen to also listen to a podcast. Shout out to Andrew Huberman. He has a beautiful podcast. Touch on a stuff. range of different topics, but he had a guest, Dr. Anna, I think it was Lemble, uh, Lemke or something like that. Where, she was in that Social Dilemma Netflix documentary. Yeah, she was in Social Dilemma Netflix. Yeah, she was in that documentary. And um, it was a whole episode on addiction. And between all these things, I said, we're going we're gonna to touch on addiction and we're going to go deep here. So um, where I want to kick it off was, and we're going to kind of tie back to that movie, I think, at times as well. And so for those of you who um, are listening to this, to give a bit of context, I highly recommend you guys give it a watch afterwards when you get a chance. Um, So addiction. Now, one thing that like I've, I guess, the way I miss it, I actually misinterpreted addiction in the sense that when I think of addiction, what comes to mind is drugs, alcohol, gambling, they're the obvious ones. And then you do this one's a little bit less common or like less spoken of or mentioned is like sex addiction. And then there's like workaholics and work addiction. You know, there's gaming addiction, obviously. She talked about in the podcast, people can even be addicted to a narrative and stuff like that. Addicted to, or even addicted to an, a relationship, things like that. Now that really, you know, when I heard that unsettled me and I was kind of reflecting as I was listening to this podcast about my own addictive tendencies because what Anna, we'll call her Anna, she's the, the, the expert on addiction here. She says that um, everyone has addictive tendencies. Yep. And you're not, you're not, you know, some people can be less inclined to be addictive to certain things or you can be inclined to be addictive to certain things. Certain people can be more, uh, I guess, exposed to certain things. We'll have more addictive tendencies, but we all have those addictive tendencies. It just so happens sometimes people get addicted to things that are beneficial in today's world. Like that's right, you get rewarded for being addicted to being a workaholic. A workaholic, right? You know, like the guy who runs the podcast, he admits to he being admits, a workaholic. Yeah. And in a way, I think I, for me anyway, I there's parts of me being addicted. Hundred percent, you're, you're a workaholic as well. Yeah, and I've, I have that. always been in yeah. a way a workaholic. And yeah. The scary thing was that Anna said in this podcast was that once you have one experience with addiction, you're you're more likely to be addicted to other things. So once you've been addicted, Mm. whether it's to work or or whatever it might be, you're more exposed. So in a way, you know, the biggest, you know, one of my biggest fears, Nathan, is that maybe league for a lot of people is their first addiction. And we need to address this and how to deal with it and how, you know, really explore this because if we're not careful, we might be breeding a whole generation of men and women who 
are addicted to something from an incredibly young age. Rewires their brain. Rewires their brain so they're more likely to get addicted Addicted to other things moving into the future, which in a way might even explain, I mean, I uh, 110% in in my younger years was addicted to gaming at some point in time. Yeah, my first addiction would have been World of Warcraft. Yep. That would make sense. And then, you know, I've been addicted to Counter-Strike. I've been addicted to Guild Wars. And I, th- I think at times I've been addicted to League of Legends as well, um, which is interesting. So this might have even started when I was a workaholic or might have even, I might have been a workaholic because I was addicted to games before that. Maybe that was why. I don't know. Um, it's just interesting to think about what how your early addictive experiences could have influenced the person you are today in a positive or negative way. Just something to think about. Now, it, 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 nowadays, addiction is a very hard topic to talk about because in culture nowadays, you know, we talk a lot about this and we push this throughout podcasts as well. The importance of like, you know, hard work and going all in on something and finding your passion or and honing in your craft. And mastery. Being a, mastery. And the pursuit of mastery requires a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work. So therefore, through, you know, whether, it, it, I mean, even the culture that's pushed through Steve Jobs and the message Steve Jobs pushed and all these other, Michael Jordan, all these key figures, it's difficult to just say, you know what, I want balance. And we've even been a big critic of balance. We've mm. even said balance isn't, balance doesn't get you results if you want to be exceptional at what you do. Now, again, this whole culture surrounding being really good at something can be quite careful and can push you in that direction of potentially being addicted to whatever it might be and and we encourage addiction culturally in certain aspects we don't we don't encourage balance balance is not something that we often talk about nor are you rewarded in society for at least in your early stages of your career balance um is there any thoughts on that um culturally i think Aussie culture is is more like you think about like Chinese and Korean culture and stuff like Mm. that. It's like study, study, study. Right. Otherwise, you're you're going to die if you don't get to a good university. Can you get addicted to studying? I think you can get addicted to anything that gives you dopamine. Anything that can give you. Does study give you dopamine? Well, study could be interesting. I mean, I'm not an expert here, but I'm assuming you could get addicted to studying not because of the studying itself but because of the results it will get you for example start like you can be addicted to work you don't get addicted to work because it gives you some amazing dopamine hit it's more the fact that the reward that you get eventually it's the perks that come with it become addictive and also the lifestyle and that grind it becomes addictive i can see that happening with study as well it's like i'm being better than x I'm over, I'm, I'm getting these results. And yeah. it's, it can, I'm the best in my class. Yeah, and, yeah, it become like an ego thing. I mean, like that's score. where the addiction, yeah, the score, which I'm assuming in LP, in league, you know, that whole thing as well could, could be addictive. But like you were saying, I think Australians are probably less inclined. I think our childhood, Curtis, was very balanced. Yeah. Like yeah. the way we grew up, sports was in, you know, was encouraged. You know, you had school and then you had games. That was... Our childhood. I would say our childhood. In the early years. Later on, it was more so just Guild Wars, World of Warcraft, Counter-Strike. Mm. Maybe so. But, teenage but, years No, but kinda... still, like, I was playing hockey up until 
year 10. It wasn't until year 11 and 12, which that's when that's I would when. say, that's when I played a lot of League of Legends. Right. But I would say even in my World of Warcraft addiction, like I didn't have time to be addicted. Like that's just well, what I did in my free time. Maybe you were, but, but, maybe, but maybe you were, Nathan, but you because of the situation, you were, it wasn't able to kind of go off the rails. That's right. Well, in a way, Nathan, you did self-sabotage through your addictive tendencies. That, well. they, they hurt my school. You hurt, yeah, you hurt other I things. Did bad school. Well, your, your, probably your social circle, your, your friendship true. group and your yeah. school results. That's true. So like even though I was doing those things, I wasn't like engaged in those things. Well, that's right. It's like the school and stuff. Yeah. That's true. So I guess that that was a negative, yeah. But I'm talking about like early, early, but I guess like, yeah, video games wasn't really, they weren't designed to be as addictive as they are now, right? Like, like we didn't Back live. Back then, they don't think in, they were. In yeah. the 19, you know, when we were like the early 2000s and stuff, you know, the internet, that's the thing that the times have changed. And that's mm. what she talks about on the podcast is that. Our brains haven't evolved. The world that we live in today. Mm. It's very distraction. There's opportunities everywhere. It's, everything's trying yeah, to be dopamine, addictive. Every, dopamine <laughs> is bombarding your bombarding, brain. Bombarding, yeah. We, our brains aren't designed or they haven't evolved fast enough to catch up with the times. Like, like we didn't actually have that many opportunities to be addicted no. to things growing up. Well, dopamine hits are rare. Yeah. So you got your dopamine hit from probably, you know, I guess sex was probably the main one back then. Or maybe even like hunting an animal. You know, you got the dopamine, the thrill of the chase or whatever it might be that... But you're talking like prehistoric humans. Yeah, I'm even talking back then, you know. That's right. There's not many opportunities to get dopamine. Well, we're in the the position where we have the luxury to get dopamine hits because all our needs are covered. Right, yeah. We don't have to do something. We got shelter, we got food. Like dopamine wasn't even on our mind when in those days. It's a luxury. It's, it's a, a luxury. luxury. You're not. You're trying to yeah. survive. You know, and that's what humans are designed to. To we we we're, we're survival creatures, but we've ticked all the we've boxes. Ticked that now. box. Yeah. So need now you. now it's just everything's just addiction and dopamine. Well, what's it's interesting is that where 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 addiction comes from is addiction stem. Well, she says is addiction stem from restlessness, not having enough friction. Yeah. So back then, when we we're tr- constantly chasing for survival, there's, friction, yeah. there's so much friction. You just always got to find food and water and shelter, and you know that's it, and health, and you know that's that's it's hard to come by. But now we, that's a lot. You know, we have a doctor on call. We have everything is sorted: food, water, shelter. Zero friction. Zero friction. Mm. So a lot of the time, addiction stems from we want that friction. We want something we there. Need something, yeah. To 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 stimulate our brain and give us that that something to like really hone in on. Yeah. And what's interesting is that what she says that the pleasure and pain parts of the brain, they're co-located. So you can't have pleasure without pain. You, you literally, physically, in the brain, you cannot experience pleasure without pain, some p- form of pain. So what's interesting is that it works in opposite ways. And there's always a come down, no matter what. So the way I view it is like the way she, the way she explains it was um, say you have like some cool, amazing experience, like a, something that gives you dopamine, whether it's like you win that game or you watch that Netflix one episode or you get that bit of fast food or you watch that porn video, whatever it is. You, so you get that dopamine hit, you're on the, the right-hand side over here. You can't really see if you're, not, if you're listening, but you go over to the right. But then after that finishes... Um, you, you actually don't go back to equilibrium. You don't go back to homeostasis. You go back to the, the other side in a deficit. Mm. You go to a dopamine deficit 
And as a result of this, which is the pain, the come down, that's the hangover, that's, I want that, I need to get that dopamine back because you're actually in a negative. So we, we over-index and trying to get that extra, that next bit of dopamine hit. Hence why you watch that other episode, you got to watch that next episode, you got to get queue up again, you got to... She literally, do you know why? Because you got to queue up again, because like, let's say, let's say, I, I literally, she just described this in the podcast. I, she said, like, the, the experience you paint, you, you experience after is literally pain. Hmm. Like, literally if, pain. If I have a three block, a bad three block, right, and I have to cook dinner soon, yeah. getting out of my chair and walking to start cooking dinner, that is painful. That's pain in so many areas. That's, that's it's pain. pain in the actual. So that's painful in like multiple areas. Yeah, it's the especially if you end on a loss. So that's you, right. So yeah. imagine this. Imagine all the yeah. pain points. You've got the pain point from wanting to get back your LP. Mm. You've got the pain point from a dopamine hit. I've actually want to play another game of League of Legends, and then you've got the the pain point of having to make or get out of your chair, and then the pain point of actually having to make dinner. Yeah. So there's multiple and pain clean up. points yeah. and clean up. There's so many pain points there. And none of which are going to give you dopamine. That's right. The most convenient thing to do is to play another three, like play more League of Legends that's or correct. watch another YouTube video. Yep. And when she described it, I was like, that's so fascinating because that's exactly, that's exactly why it's so hard to get out of your chair. Because but not just because League, because like you said, YouTube videos as well. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't play League, you do something else to give for fulfill that dopamine, whether it's instantly get up a podcast or chuck on some music or open up a video or check your messages. There has to be something to replace the de- dopamine deficit. Which I found, yeah, I found that fucking fascinating. It's like that makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. It's so good to be aware of that now. So like now I need to like understand that there's pain, but then it comes down, it goes back well, to normal. Well, that's what she says. You, you have to allow, you know, you have to uh, have a break period where you do nothing. Mm. Simply do nothing to, to rebalance and bring you back to homeostasis because it won't last in the deficit. Which, which is which is why, in a way, the five-minute break in between the games, simply getting a water, getting some water, and just not queuing up and actually reviewing is, in a way, preventing you getting that immediate hit of dopamine. Which And, and, addict, and, and when you're filled with dopamine, you actually don't perform well as well in yeah, the past. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. The You know the huge thing that I've noticed? You know how I have a wireless headset on? It's on my head all the oh, time. Oh, no. And and it's so oh, funny. No, like, no, I no. could have not be listening to anything, right? But this is there. But, like, that being on my head, like, when I, when I take it off my head, I feel different. It's crazy. In what way? It's just crazy. It's just like a different headspace. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've, like, removed, I'm, like, got out of that world, like, that dopamine so it's world. Like, it's like you've kind of conditioned yourself in a way. It's like having the headset on means you're going to get dopamine. That's right. Yeah. Even if I'm not listening to anything. Wow. It's, it's fucking It's like you're primed for dopamine. Yeah. It's it's like I'm locked in. Yeah. Wow. And and it, and when I, when I remove it, it is actually painful. Again, it's painful. That's why that's why I keep mm. it on my head because it hurts. To, but it hurts. I can't explain the the pain. It's not like actual pain, but like it's it not feels, pain, but it feels like pain in a way because you're not getting because there's no there's Again. dopamine deficit. And and what's interesting is that pain outweighs pleasure, so they're not equal in a way. Like pain, we experience the pain more than the, that makes the pleasure sense. we get from the dopamine. That's why people talk about I hate losing more than yeah, I enjoy winning because pain literally is registered more extreme yeah now um, chronic use what she says is chronic use of anything literally changes your baseline levels of dopamine so you know this is the scary thing is that 
you know, if you are addicted to something, right? Let's just say you're addicted to League of Legends, addicted to sex, you're addicted to whatever it might, relationship, whatever it might be. Um, if you don't actively forego whatever that activity is for an extended period of time, because it takes three to four weeks, we'll get into this later about breaking uh, addictions. Addiction, yep. Um, you can, so you can bring back that balance, right? You can bring back that balance, but you can like permanently, or not permanently, but, but like for a long period of time be in a dopamine deficit because if you've, if you've abused something really hardcore. So if you've abused league hardcore, you're playing like, we're talking like, you know, 12 blocks, you're playing a metric ton of the game. If you do that for an extended period of time, you are going to be permanently in a dopamine deficit when after you when you're not playing the game. So you're going to feel restless all, all the time, the time yeah. and you're going to try and preoccupy yourself with your phone or whatever it might be. There's going to be it's going to be an itch. And the way she describes it, the analogy she uses, think of addiction as an itch. We when you're when we aren't actively focusing on not itching it, what's your default response? You'll itch it with, subconsciously without even thinking about it. You'll itch it in your sleep. You'll itch it when you're just not thinking. When we're actively no, no, like thinking, okay, I don't, I shouldn't itch this. I'm not going to itch this, this mozzie bite. Then you won't do it because you can actually use that willpower. It's, it's, you're aware of it. So the key to addictions in general and, and dealing with dopamine, these dopamine deficits and stuff like that, it's step number one is simply being aware that it exists. Like you mentioned earlier on, it's simply being aware that it's there. This is what is happening. This is literally what it. What's, going, going, on what's going on in my brain? Now that I'm aware of it, I can actually understand it a little bit more, contextualize it, and then take the steps. But if you're unaware of it, because most of the time we aren't aware of it. No, we actually aren't aware of this going on. It's purely system one. You know, we're not thinking. It's just subconscious. Um. Now, um, yeah, like I was saying before you know, cross addiction, you're, you're more likely to get addicted to other things after being an addict. Cause your brain's been rewired. Your brain will get rewired. Hmm. And just because you can break this addiction moving forward, you do this three, four week detox, you're feeling good. It can always bite you in the ass, which kind of reminded me of the, um, the movie they were watching. He was a drug addict, a severe drug addict, didn't take drugs for four years and you know all it took was chaotic event one chaotic event to bring back that feeling and you know he just has that those those crazy those crazy urges and in in a way i feel like he got addicted to drumming and doing that whole thing that became his new addiction he used it as escape yeah and the relationship in a way was an addiction as well well. everything was taken to the extreme yeah whether it's his drumming, whether it's his his relationship, and that relationship he was in, in a way, he was addicted to that a relationship, and it wasn't until you know I'm not going to give it away, but you know he he finds ways to deal with that. So our goal at the end of the day is we want homeostasis, we want to be in the middle, we want to be in equilibrium. We don't want to. I mean, it's okay that we're going to experience dopamine, but we need to bring it back to homeostasis rather than being in that dopamine deficit. So whenever we feel, that's why when we're watching a Netflix thing or whatever it might be. We need to take time to step away from that, take breaks. That's the three blocks that play. You know, that's the review process. That's the putting your phone away. That's the getting outside and breaking up your day. These events that allow us to bring back equilibrium in our, in our everyday life, which I found interesting. Um, now, 
Nathan, a big part of you know what we what we talk about. Remember, we t- we've said this many times. Where you just want to sit. We recommend people to just sit there and do nothing. Sometimes, <laughs> remember we said that we said like when you're in bed or mm. when you're in the shower or mm. whatever. Just rather than having music or being on your phone, just the importance of just allowing your brain to just do nothing in a way and to catch up and um, be present in the moment in terms of mental refreshing. And the common responses, you know, we will get is boring, right? It's fucking boring. Why Mm. would you want to do that? There's so Mm. many things I can do, right? I can Mm. read a book. I can play some games. I can, um, well, you should change that, Nathan. You know, I can play some games. I can, whatever. There's so many things to do nowadays, especially with the internet. There's a trillion things to do. It's fucking boring. I don't want to sit here and do nothing. Culturally, you know, the way we're brought up, the society we live in, we're not good at being bored. But boredom, apparently, according to, to what's her name again, Anna? Yeah, Anna. Boredom, we need to, we need to learn to love, we need to learn to love boredom. We need to develop a relationship with boredom. We need to be learning to incorporate that into our life. And the reason boredom is so important is because it, that is, again, back again tying back to the you know old days when we were like um not stone ages but as we were like evolving boredom allows us to be creative that's when we're, we're creative that's when we're creative yeah. and we can think about like our life direction be on the offense the the great the really funny thing she says in there which i really relate to is that um it's actually terrifying to complete all your tasks because, and that's why we put off and we procrastinate. This is what I, it actually clicked for me. That's why I procrastinate. Because if I've finished everything I need to do. What does that mean? What does that mean after? That means you have, you have to be bored. Yeah. And being bored scary. Yeah. Whether it's conscious, it's, it's actually subconscious. Your brain wants to be preoccupied. Mm. It doesn't want you to do nothing. She uses the example, like you fully clean your house. You do all your tasks. You finish your work. And you're sitting there at 7 p.m. And you've done everything. No, what's scary is you finish it early. Imagine you finish at 1 p.m. You have the what whole rest do? of the day, right? And that, that, that's, that's spot on. It's, it nails so much. Like, it's like that makes a lot of sense. I don't want to do the tasks because I know that I got to do it anyway. And I'd rather do it when I'm like... You know, when I have to do it, you know, when the time, the, the day's running out, it's like, oh my God, I got to do it now. Yeah. And I, I think that this is probably one of the, but, but Nathan, I think this whole boredom thing extends even past simply doing nothing. We're not, because we, we are so stimulated by dopamine, all these, these activities that just give us dopamine. We know that anything good requires you to be bored at some point in time. The process of climbing Solicue. It's not going to be fun. There's going to be moments where it's not. It's there is no bored. dope. I mean, yeah, doing the what, three blocks and the shitty reviews and the. It's not fun. There's no. There's there's very little dopamine there. So so what's happening, Nathan, is that the the people that are genuinely addicted to the game, they are at a huge disadvantage, in terms of the in the climb, in terms of review quality, in terms of review intensity, in terms of game intensity, because, and they their brain will trick them. To thinking that they are intense, to thinking that they are playing, performing optimally, because again, time back, they cannot possibly bore. They can't be. 
their brain is telling them to do this, to get that hit again. You've got to get that hit. Whatever narrative, whatever narrative the brain will get you to believe you to play more games. Which actually resonates with a lot of some of my clients that, you know, spam games. That's just one of the many reasons probably why they struggle to re, re I guess, adjust to the, to, to the process. It's not even the fact that they don't have the discipline. It's more that they're, they're simply addicted to the game. And breaking an addiction is not easy. And they're always requiring that next game for that dopamine. Like they have to get that They have to game. get that dopamine. Because yeah. the, the question I get is, what do I do in between blocks, you know? I get that Be question bored. all the time. Be bored. That's that's actually anything. Go outside. Really yeah. Lie in the grass. Anything. Just be bored. Be Stop. bored. Allow yourself. To, and that's what Nathan. I think why I felt so refreshed this weekend. The difference with how I spent this weekend compared to the other ones is like a lot of time I would just watch movies and you know watch shows and stuff like that. But I really spent a lot of time doing nothing, just lying on the grass in the sun and walking and talking and going to the beach and just walking on the sand and just being outdoors not really there's no massive dopamine hits it allowed my mind to readjust yeah in a way catch yep. up yeah get rid of that dopamine deficit mm. so um you know i also what i love about the the movie you know that scene where um he tells what's the main character's name again i forgot uh, Joe's the Joe's the dude from the community, and yeah. then there's the um, uh, Ruben. Ruben, yes. Of so you course. know how he tells Ruben. Yeah. yeah. So to give a bit of context, guys. So Ruben is the the deaf drummer, and he goes to this community to like, um, learn to to be deaf essentially. And but it's also a, a community for a lot of addicts. So it's like an addict slash deaf, deaf community. Yeah. So people that are really broken have had like tough past and they need to like rebuild themselves essentially. So they get rid of their phone. They get rid, they literally do that. They get rid of all the dopamine. They get That's rid true. of the phone. They connect them from the, they, there's no internet. There's no technology. It's simply just like communicating, reading, writing, being out in the nature and just, just basic tasks essentially and learning. And, um, you know, he, he's obviously battling and it's hard because he's, he, he's an addict. So he's looking for any form of dopamine and, um, you know, he struggles. And the, the guy, the, the main guy at the community says to him, he gives him a task. He says, look, I want you to go to this room at five in the morning and with a blank piece of paper, gives him a coffee and a donut, go to this room and I want you to sit and write whatever comes to your mind. And, um, you know, this guy, Ruben, the addict, he sits in this room. There's nothing. There's just a piece of paper and a pen, no, no pictures, a blank little room. I think the exercise was specifically only write if you feel like there's, like you need to do something. So you just sit there. Just sit there. And if you feel the need, you got to write. And that was a powerful scene in the That's movie. That's awesome. It's yeah. a really, really powerful scene yeah. in the movie. And it, it kind of just, for me, watching that, it, it's... What that is doing is it's a detox. It's mm. like it's like learn to be bored. You're gonna sit here until you go crazy, until you try and reach peace and stillness. And Ruben later on in the film, the the, the Joe, the main guy, he asks him, he says, At that time when you're in there writing, did you at all find stillness? Did you ever reach peace? 
you know, and um, and he didn't, and um, that was a sign that that he didn't he didn't he couldn't be still he couldn't just sit there and be still and be present and not just feel that rage or that ad- these addictive tendencies or whatever it might be these manifestations of his addictions or his anger or frustration come out and um i found that to be very powerful an incredibly powerful exercise and in a way what all that is is simply journaling and whether or not you have a piece of paper there whether or not you know you're in a room or you, the key is the, to do nothing and that's essentially tying into this exactly what he did and um i found you know it's it's something that it's easier said than done right it's so easy for us to say that and ourselves to do that i would urge you next weekend nathan to do something very similar to, Absolutely. To rather than play your 17 blocks on a weekend <laughs> yeah. to do uh, have a weekend yeah. away from dopamine yeah go to the park i like it walk yeah be still you will feel incredibly refreshed and i would love to hear other people their experiences if they've if they've done anything like this in their own time um now um i want to talk about dealing with addiction and the steps to to deal with addiction and you know anna in the in the podcast talks about how days one to ten of not doing that activity will be unbelievably hard difficult yeah you know it will be very very bad by week by the end of week two you'll start to see some changes but you'll still largely be miserable by week three that's when you'll you'll, see the sun that's when you see the sun so it takes three weeks he said for you to get really big results in terms of battling an addiction so look, I think it's hard to know whether or not you're an addict to the game. I don't have enough. I'm not a fucking you know doctor or whatever. I don't know. Um, you don't have your degree from Harvard, Curtis. But what's interesting though, Nathan, is that there's times where I play the game where I feel like I, I, I'm not addicted whatsoever. There's, I can there's, play. there's many moments. I think that now, watching this podcast and talking about it now, yeah, definitely move into addictive tendencies. Yeah. Um. And I think about, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, me playing at my best versus no, now. No, but I don't think there's, I don't think you're an addict or you're not an addict. I think we're all just addicts, addicts yeah. but on on degrees on the spectrum. Yeah. I think that's what we are. Yeah. So like, just because you're still even at 80% of the time, and there's still times where you won't be. But I think it's that, you know, we're just on this huge spectrum, this gray, gray area. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that we're not doing gym right now and the lockdown that is is fueling that was your refresh as well yeah you know, that was the, the huge gym was like a refresh it was yeah. like the reset button because i mean that's pain you should experiment nathan with doing a cold shower in the middle of the day i think maybe that's what the cold showers has been good for me because cold shower in a way it removes it's like you're forced to focus on your breathing because your your default response when you get cold is you start doing deep breaths because mm. you're kind of like mm. hyperventilating mm. in a way you're like <sighs> Cause you're like shit. You're like you're like mm. the the cold hits your body. Mm. Um, and in survival mode. Yeah, and in a way, you're just so present. You can't mm. you can't think. Mm. You're not thinking. You just survive right now. <laughs> get warm. Yeah. So you just sit in there. You're like standing in there, and it's like it's like it's like running. You know the experience in running where like 
you've hit your you've hit like the edge of what you believe you're capable of and then you just keep going yeah and every second you keep going you're just hyper present you're like yeah wow i'm going an extra second like oh i can oh more yeah. seconds more that's seconds. the feeling you will get in the shower when like because you're like okay stay that extra five seconds but time feels so feels so slow. slow yeah really yeah. really slow yeah um i would urge you to do that just as a now do I, what I'm doing, I'm doing the warm. So I'll just walk, clean myself first. Yeah. And, and then at the end, the I end just put it to cold sh- oh, okay. for, for like 30 seconds or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, there's actually a Wim Hof challenge on the app. I haven't got the app, but mm. it, so there's one guy in my... Discord. The breathing technique. But he actually has a cold shower challenge, I think. Yeah, but is that type of the breathing? No, you don't do oh, the breathing not. exercise in the shower. Okay. Because I did his breathing exercise. It makes you dizzy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to pass it. No, apparently if you do, yeah. So I, okay. I, I, we spoke about it on the BBC... Um, book club discord yeah. yeah so i didn't i wasn't doing his his breathing exercise in the shower i can imagine it no that would make you dizzy um so yeah days one to ten it's gonna be hard and then by week three you should be all good now look i think the message of this podcast today is that we are all addicts in and and, and you're gonna you should i urge you guys to all ref, and girls to reflect on Areas that you you might feel like you're addicted to, whether it's Clash of Clans, whether it's you know um, porn, whether it's work, whether it's a relationship, a relationship, whether it's a league, whatever it might be, you know, we all have addictive tendencies, and I think that step number one is recognizing as this is how it works. We are all looking for dopamine nowadays, especially we we are getting bombarded by dopamine. Our job is to recognize. Okay, I feel this. I want to watch one more episodes of of drive to survive. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take a second. I'm going to, you're going to have that painful experience. Have the pain. Yeah. Feel it. And register then, it. This sucks. Yeah. But then it's going to come back. And down. then it'll come back and mm-hmm. then you'll be back in homeostasis. You know, that's why people's sleep schedules are so fucked. It's all because of the dopamine, isn't it? Because going to your bed, sitting there and not going to sleep for three hours is boring. like torture. It's boring. Torture. Comparatively to like getting another game in or watching YouTube or playing another game or whatever it might be. That's why YouTube is so dangerous as well, by the YouTube way. YouTube terrifying. and Netflix and League of Legends, my fucking life <laughs> is addicted. <laughs> it is. It's so hard. We're, we're on the defense yeah. 24-7. Mm. I mean, you're just battling it every day. Every day is a battle. It's an uphill battle. Um... Now, um, was there anything else on addiction you wanted to to talk about before we move on? I got something else maybe we we'll talk about. Is there anything else you got from the podcast and their movie? Sorry, let me look at this. Look at my notes. It was. Um, did you enjoy the movie? I, again, it's in a movie that just changes your perspective. I, oh, by f- the way, addiction is actually a brain disease. And, and yeah, it needs way, to be viewed as a disease. It's, it's actual disease. Yeah. The brain disease. And as well, um, for really severe addicts, they actually can't recover and they can't reach homeostasis, apparently. Um, which is... I have here really like, crazy. crazy. You could even be addicted to water, that story. Which one was that? I can't remember that. This, uh, this woman was mm. coming off, I think, alcoholism. And then she um, was just addicted to the, the the feeling of needing to drink something. Right. And did you know that if you drink enough water, you can actually like 
feel high. Can you believe that? I didn't know that, no. If you drink way too much water. So she was look, using that as just an escape for just to... Just right. when she she to get replaced out of one hair. addiction with like an another addiction. And that's the addictive tendencies. Yeah. That was super interesting to me. And she that woman actually ended up taking her own life anyway. Oh, wow. So sad. You might want to move your mic a bit closer. Um, telling the truth. Mm. Lying actually rewires your brain. And telling the truth actually strengthens your frontal cortex. I thought that was fascinating as well. You can get more into detail by watching the podcast. That was another interesting right. thing okay. from it. I'm just looking over my notes. What we'll do, we'll probably link the... I'll link the podcast that I, we listen to on the, in the description for those of you who want a, another just extra information. A lot of stuff in it. Getting over addiction, it's not about you. That was actually a really good point. That's really powerful because when we think about addiction and stuff, it's all about me, me, me. Like, I have to get sober. Getting sober for someone else or some reason. Like, think bigger picture. I think that's really powerful. Mm. Right, yeah. Because if, if you think about what we do, right? You know, yeah. us waking up at 5.30 yeah. and stuff like that. That's not really for us. No. It's for our clients. Yeah, it's for our community. You know? But we do it every single day. Super consistent. Because it's... it's. Imagine if it was for you. You would slack off, it's I bet harder. you. It's harder. Yeah. You know what? You raise a good point. Like, I, I'll be honest. I... Um, I realized that my addictive tendencies with my work schedule and my league was taking a toll on my relationship with my girlfriend. Mm. And um, coming to that realization was actually quite, it's painful in a way because you don't realize it until you kind of take a step back and you're like, this, this is damaging. And yeah, I can see how viewing viewing that as oh wow i'm not just doing this for myself but for someone else because a lot of the time you don't realize the behaviors you're you're doing while you're doing these addictive addictive things you know you actually just seem like an actual psycho like a a crazy person (laughs) yeah yeah living with you would be like in that game like i can imagine i was exerting a hugely psychotic vibe (laughs) yeah that i have to play this other game no matter matter what what, no one can tell me if you if you talk to i'm gonna flip i'm just gonna oh dude if someone ripped my internet out then holy (laughs) moly dude that's that's a dick that's that's straight up addiction it is straight up addiction that's why i was scared and i I needed to take the weekend off i was straight up addicted yeah that was an addictive game that one there yeah scary is really scary um so yeah a lot of interesting stuff um i'd love to hear thoughts comments on that now um nathan you know we we talk a lot about adapting to to chaos and we talk a lot about um making sure that we're not putting emphasis on things that are out of our control right? very important talk yep. a lot about that whether yep. it's the uh teammates trolling or xyz just losing a 30 percent game all these things right and um you know i've been i've been really thinking about how these skills i guess flow on to real life and how we can utilize the skills that we develop in league into real life and um you know, obviously we're in lockdown at the moment in Melbourne and um, we've actually officially, Melbourne has been the longest Australia, the longest lockdown in the world. Oh, really? It's, it, it, more, oh than London, more than London and England. Wow. Um, so we've had the most days. I think we've nearly had a year. 
total total of lockdown. No wonder people are losing it. And um, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, lockdowns everywhere. And um, I I feel incredibly grateful that I'm able to first of all have work in a in a time like COVID, and you know, I feel grateful for that. But also, um, I've I've always thought like, why is it that you know, these awful things happening around in Melbourne. We've had these crazy riots where um, people like are going through the city and protesting and it's, it's gone crazy. Like police are like spraying pepper spray and shooting rubber bullets. And it's crazy. Like footage, if you go on online, type in like Melbourne protests, it's, I think it was on the top of the the front of main Reddit. Someone on the, my, oh, really? NA, NA yeah, it's people crazy talking about it. And um, this is like close to our house as well. Yeah. Some crazy protests. And, um, you know, I look at these awful things happening around Australia and especially Melbourne where we are right now. And, um, you know, my, my response a lot of the time to these situations is it's simply out of my control. I'm doing me. I'm, I'm on my path. You know, I, I'm angry, obviously, because these people are ruining these idiots who are going out there spreading the virus and prevent, lengthening our time in lockdown. If they, we did the right thing, we would be in, out of this in no time at all. They're preventing me from going to the gym. They're preventing me from seeing my family. They're preventing me from actually living my life. This is, but it's out of my control. Mm. And, you know, what I've, without even realizing, Nathan, I think that because we fully internalize that narrative that like we should only focus on things that are inside of our control and focus on ourselves, I don't get as phased as other people do. Some people are very, very upset and they, they get angry and they ruin their whole day. And I'm able to like put it aside. I'm able to kind of like say, okay, th- this sucks ass and I'm pissed off as well, but it's, it's kind of out of my control. There is nothing I can do here to prevent this from happening. There is no point getting worked up about this. Let's just focus about what I can do. How can I make my life better? Okay. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to, I need to figure out a way. In a way, it's. I mean, we've we've. Have you had this experience at all? Do you feel as though our ability to, I guess, well, what we've got from league, the whole adapting to to chaos, and I guess being okay with things that are, that are out of your control, and accepting that certain things are out of your control, and and continuing on. Do you feel like this has helped you in real life at all, in other situ- like real life situations? It's very difficult to say, because I've always been a very mellow. Yeah. You know. You've always been pretty chill about stuff. Like you don't let you don't let things bother you. Yeah. And it's hard to say that I developed that in league or not. I think maybe no, I mean it definitely helps. I mean at the end of the day I say it all the time, right? So if you say it enough, it's like you believe yeah. it, right? So, you know, when I do review sessions, it's like, okay, don't focus on this, it's out of your control. It's like at the end of the day, we have to sort of practice what we preach, Curtis. Mm. Mm. I mean, I don't know if I, I, I like you said, I, I, I don't know where it come from, but I guess my response surprised me in a way. It's like, we've been in lockdown for this long and, you know, there's all these negative experiences around us. You can't even see our family, all this stuff, terrible things are happening, but it's like, I don't let it just, it's not like really bothering me. It bothers me, but it doesn't really bother I'm me. I'm focused on <laughs> Yeah. We're just focused on other things, right? Yeah. I'm not thinking about it at all. And, um... Yeah, I just found that interesting. And I mean, I don't really have many, because I don't really, haven't been able to do much recently, but I, I have found that quite quite interesting, my response to the, to the whole situation. So it might be worth, you know, for other people, I don't know if they've had 
examples in their own life. I mean, I have had a few people say that they have shifted their experience at work whereby there were situations that were out of their control and mm. they've just said, okay, mm. I'm going to do me. I'm going to go in, mm. do my job. And mm. I, I can't control this situation. It's like accepting reality in a way. The same, the same principles flow on. Very important. Do your job. That's it. You can't. There's only so much you get. And sometimes you're going to do your job and you're still going to get fucked. Like we yeah. have, we've done our job. We've, we've done all the jobs in terms of lockdown as well. And then you still get fucked. It's just, just the way it is. That's the why it's sometimes the way life is. So it's not just in game. And also yeah, the other thing I forgot I was going to say, you know, we, we talk about league toxicity and how, um, you know, we have people, people, you don't understand the psychology of people who literally go into a game to feed. You know, there's people that intentionally feed games. They want to ruin the experience. They want to ruin, this. in a way, it, this is the manifestation of what that would, these are the type of people, in a way, like they, they have a reason for it. We just don't understand it. For example, I, I can I can somewhat resonate because these are probably people that have lost their businesses or whatever it might be. You know, they're obviously angry or maybe their in-home situation is terrible. So they, 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 you know, they're not getting the support that they need from the government or whatever it might be. I understand that. I definitely do empathize, but like, it's the same thing, isn't it? Someone is having a bad day or a bad, their experience in life is not good and they're letting it out. They're, they're, this is the manifestation of their anger, whether it be someone running it down your game in League of Legends or whether, and, and, and flaming and tilting and whatever it might be, or whether it might be someone going to a protest and a violent protest. A violent protest. It's the same thing, isn't it? Yep. And I just found that, again, really eye-opening. I was like, mm. wow, that's super interesting. I wonder what other areas do we see this anger manifest in how... Because it's not... We, we sometimes forget that at the other uh, on the other end of the keyboard, there is another person there. That's right. Uh, and we just don't really understand important. their story. Yeah. And I understand we, we can't be monks and be like, okay, they, they must have a story. I'm going to forgive them. But, it's, but it is interesting to think about. We see this in other areas in our life, just like we are right now with the protests. So I just... Um, just that perspective. Wow, this could be a guy who's feeding in one of my Soliki games. And I just don't understand their story. Example today... Uh, one of my Soul 2 guys, he had to leave his game because a fire alarm went off in his dorm and you have to go outside, right? right? Evacuate. And that would anger all those people in that game. But you got to understand his situation. He wants to play that game, but he can't because, you know, he, he will get kicked out or whatever, right? If he doesn't come get evacuated. Yeah, 100%. So it's interesting, like those real life situations, right? I mean, and we don't know what's going on in people's lives. Some guy could have got fired from their job or the girlfriend just left them or they just have a miserable life, a home experience right now. There are so many other factors at play to be more em- em- empathic in a way. But again, it's easier, easier said than done. Right? It's us sitting on the couch right now saying, I'll oh, be more Not empathic. in the game of league. It's like, we go play in these games, someone has games, we get angry, ruined our three block. Yeah. It is an important message. Though, yeah, us, definitely. You know. All right. Do you want to, um, you want to go to mailbag? Yep, let's jump into mailbag. Away we go! Jingle, jingle, jingle song. Alright, diving straight in here. Our first question is from someone called Antisun. And the title of this email is called Pain. Just pure, just pain. Pure pain. We were talking about pain in our podcast. This is quite fitting. Hey, I've been following the process for a couple of weeks since my last review. I've seen lots of improvement because I had structure. This got me from Diamond 4 to D1. 
Then a couple of days ago, I had a couple of bad unwinnable games in my block due to trolls, which tilted me, so I felt it wasn't my fault. I instead kept playing, not stopping after my third game, which resulted in loss after loss because of the unwinnable games tilting me. I demoted to D4 again in the span of less than two days. I've tried sticking to the process again, but I can't seem to win anymore. It's like I've forgotten everything. It's taken a mental toll on me. I feel like a diamond four player again. Throughout all of this, I've also had the feeling of not giving a crap about win or loss, which I've realized is not good because it's usually a loss and I'm just digging the hole deeper. Unaware, tilt cue. I was so close to my goal and now I'm at the bottom again. That's his email, Curtis. You know what's funny is um, no matter how good your, no matter how strong you are, no matter how solid your process is, there is always going to be setbacks. Now, what I've noticed is that the more rock solid you are with the process, your process, the less damage you can do. Now, that's what that suggests to me. And because Anti, he's, he's like kind of new in my MLA. He's new to the whole, the whole like, mantra. He's new to philosophy. the whole mantra. He's new to the whole process yeah. thing. Like He the, says a couple... My first thing is a couple of weeks. It's like, buddy, you're going to have to do this process, fail, do it again, probably five or six more times. I, I've, the analogy I use, like I, I view this as like, his foundation is built on like sand. Mm. It's just, it's just, it's going to like collapse. Like, but it takes time to like really pack down the mud and like. That's create, right. Like, no, this, this is really... he's got one packed down already. He started. Yeah, he's to got pack like it one down. layer there. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep. And then there's like sand and shit. Like he's got to keep <laughs> packing it down, keep <laughs> packing it down until there's like a really solid. Because the thing is, is that when you or me tilt Q or get or to play one of those addictive games, it's usually like it's it's a handful, a max, like one, two, maybe a block. Like we'll yeah, recognize I, I the did, damage. The last week, I remember I did a whole extra three block and I did, yeah, I mean, I lost three again in a row and then I realized I- You like realized after like, cause we've seen it so many times. It's like, okay, I get what's happening here. Yeah. Like I get it. I see it. I don't want to. And I, I could feel that as Mimi even playing that game. Like I knew that I, I need to stop. I need to play like 10 games, you know, after. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'll, yeah. I've seen people, they'll, they'll, but they will continue to ride this. Where, where, where they'll play an extra, they won't play blocks. I'll just play those eight games in a row. They will go on that huge loss streak inevitably because they're not playing with high intensity. They'll go to be, they'll go to bed, wake up, and go again. Like they're in the same mindset. It's like okay, I've got to get my LP back. Got to get my LP back. Got to make it. And up. then they'll go straight to another A block, and then you know, before you know it, they've lost four divisions before they even blink. So, first things first, you got to understand, Anti, is that it, it's very normal that experience what you've gone through. But ideally, you register this as such a painful experience is that next time when you're in this position, you kind of see the trends. Like you're like, okay, I get it. I know what is going to happen here if I follow this trajectory. I got to, again, go back. If we're going back to the, this is all addiction and stuff at the end of the day, right? It ties into exactly what we spoke about today. What he's doing there, he's looking for dopamine Dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. He he can't stop playing after the, he gets those unwinnable. He's in that deficit. Because guess what? He didn't get the dopamine from those those unwinnable games. What he's looking for is those wins. He needs he needs, needs to get win. that win. Otherwise, he's not he's not you know he's um going to get that dopamine satisfaction. Right. So, in a way, as well, when you know, and when you immediately go back to the three blocks, in a way, you, you can try to trick yourself into believing that you're doing the process just because you play three games in a row doesn't mean no. you're really focused on the improvement. You can yeah. still be 
looking at the LP, every single one of those games, and really like dwelling on the LP and thinking about teammates and all that shit while still playing in a block of three and really getting into the details, you can still kind of do both. So like what I think is that it's going to take you time to get back into the groove. What I would suggest if you've come off the back of a really big loss streak like that, take a day or two. Take a day away from the game. Do the stuff that you said. Yep. Do what I said. Like in like we in this. Be whole bored, episode. do nothing. Be bored, do nothing. Refresh mentally. Dopamine detox. Boom. Come back in. Refresh mentality. Three blocks, high quality reviews, high intensity gaming. Get into it. Right? So look, the thing with him is that I feel as though he got to D one and he's doing that whole, oh my god, I'm so close to master. Oh my god, it's just there. Yes, yes, yes. And then, you know, you're not focusing on the behavior anymore. You're not focusing on your improvement. Therefore, you focus on the LP. You lose a few games. We get those unlucky 30%, 30%ers. We overemphasize those 30%ers, drop all the way down to Q. So, um, look, at, at the end of the day, man, shit happens. You are in this hole. You are in a bit of a hole right now. You take that break. You read that article about, about bouncing back from Lost Streaks in my Midland Academy, and then you get back into it with sticking back to the process. And if you feel yourself directing attention to your LP, I don't give a shit if you go back to plat one, plat two, I don't care. At some point, you're going to be like, fuck, well, I'm actually just not playing good League of Legends. I need to I need to focus on, get specific. What's going wrong? Am I dying to level three ganks? Am I not, am I pushing the wave mindlessly? Get specific about the behaviors that are leading to problems. That's your medicine. And um, so you got to understand it's very normal. It's very, very normal. And I know you can do it, man. You've proven to yourself that you can. And, and But regardless of what has happened, you must stay present in the moment. You're only as good as the last block you played or the last game you played. Just because you were D1, you're not there anymore. Focus on changing behavior. Behavior, behavior, behavior. I view this as a positive. At the end of the day, Antisan, you had to have this experience. It was inevitable. Yeah, and, and, the, fun, and the, the great thing is, is now that you understand what's happened... If, as long as you register this as a painful experience, it should not. It, it, the likelihood it will happen again is much less if you recognize it. They bring that awareness towards it. All right. Next question here is from Matthew. Hi, Curtis and Nathan. The title of this email is called "Should I Get Coaching?" Question mark. I have a question regarding coaching. I'm a top lane main, and this is my first season of playing league. Recently, I managed to hit gold four, and am planning on trying to get mid gold by the end of the season. My question is, should I get coaching so I can be put on the right path straight away? Or should I first try to work on my mistakes by myself? If you think I should get coaching, do you have any coaches that you would recommend? What do you think, Nathan? So getting gold. So our philosophy is obviously we don't coach people below gold. Um, I think he could dabble into he it. could if you wanted to, but like, yeah. I don't think it's necessary. It's his first season. Like, in a way, it's like, have a bit of fun. It's your first season. Have a crack. Like, just see what you can get done this season by yourself. And then maybe as you next season, once you get to a plateau, when you feel like you've plateaued, then I would look into, look into it. Yeah, I would say that's the key thing. It's like, when you feel like you really just don't know what's going on, that's when you want to get a coach. But that's that's a really bad mindset, don't you think? Because remember, remember Jono? He, yeah. he hated what we did with Diet Wolves. Was... We bring in Jono when shit hits the fan. Yeah. And he always wanted us to come in before before to build the foundations, build, put him on the right path. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
go in on that, then yeah, you should to try and not get yourself into bad habits yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but the thing is right now, part, part of me, Nathan, thinks is his first season, man. Like, We could have said that. That's our yeah. first season in the game true. here. That is true. <laughs> we exploited so, it. So yeah, look, at the end of the day, I think you're spot on. Yeah, that's a good point, Nathan. So like at the end of the day, then it depends on um, how 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 serious he wants to take his climb. If you're serious about it and you genuinely want to improve over the long run and, and set yourself with great habits, then yeah. But the, this is the thing, Nathan is like at the same time we're viewing getting coaching from a coach that is very good like at the same time you can go backwards you and get worse coach, yeah. from a poor coach like i had some guy like nevis or josh he had a really bad coach yeah. before me and it, he made him where he ruined all his confidence he had bad narratives about the game fucked him up literally fucked him up sent him backwards so coaching is a double-edged sword if you get a good coach sure if you if you get an incorrect coach they they the toxic coach it can actually send you down a bad, bad rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about bad in terms of like game knowledge. Or, or he could point out your mistakes. It's again like the whole ruining confidence. And, yeah, it's the ruining confidence and giving you narratives like, "Oh, don't worry, your team sucks here it's, and stuff." Like the, the way they the talk about the game. Yeah, it's the narratives. It's not about that. You can like if someone gives you wrong information at the end of the day, like you'll see that the, the like, rules you just won't don't get work. Results. Yeah, like, you just won't get results. Yeah. but you can permanently damage yeah, severely damage your view of the game mm. if you get the incorrect coach um, I do have a top lane coach that I can recommend I, get, I, I usually tend to send people to maximize oh great because yeah, he's like a high low player like he's pretty he's a good guy on. he's yeah. a good dude like I and people have been happy with him so um, I can send you if you if you email me uh, or or find find my email on my website midlandacademy.com or um, go onto my Discord and at me, or uh, sorry, add my Discord and find find a way to contact me. Essentially, I can send you his contact. Hopefully, that helps, man. All right, moving on here. Um, next one here is from Jose. The title of this email is League Future Anxiety. Hi, Curtis and Nathan. I've been learning a lot from the podcast and I hope you keep it like this. You are helping a lot of people. My writing skills are bad, so there are three parts of the email. Context, current situation, and problem. Love the structure. It sounds like one of our guides. I'm also practicing my English show for the mistakes. Uh, context. I discovered League in 2017 through my brother who has been playing since season four. I was 11 at the time. I started, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was 11 at the time. I started to play in season eight when the runes changed. I didn't like the game so much. I thought it was too hard. Although in season nine, League became one of the games I played for chilling. Didn't play more than 150 games. Most of my games were with my brother. I played like 20 ranked games as ADC and got silver three. But I didn't even know what was MMR or ELO. In 2020, pandemic hit. At the moment, I said, yo, we have so much free time. Let's see who gets gold first to my friends who also play league. I was the winner playing top and support mostly. However, that was just before the vaccinations. So I was gold in my first four months of climbing. It was not that hard. I ended the season in gold one after 700 games and a lost promo to plat. I realized how much I had played, but I just loved the game. At the end of season 10, I decided I wanted to be a support main, mostly because of Rakan. Just the weekend after the preseason came out, I got plat. My peak in preseason was plat two. 
Wow, this is one year of climbing, I thought. Most of the people have been stuck in silver slash gold for five seasons. By playing around 400 games in five months in season 11, I climbed to D4. I had a huge motivation. I knew that what I was achieving wasn't common. My friends still in gold silver wasn't playing as much anymore, but I love the feeling of improving in something I had was good at. Now, at the age of 15, after one and a half year of climbing, I'm currently dime one on a wildcard region as a support name. 15, diamond one. Friends are still, you know, gold, silver. So he's, 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 he's accelerated. He's, I mean, sort of similar to maybe our rank journeys. Like we, we, we parted from the casual league players that we were playing with, like my WoW friends yeah, and stuff. It was a very similar trajectory. Yeah. Gold and then straight to diamond and straight to challenger. Situation. I will graduate in one year and league is the only thing I would like to invest my time on. The goal of going pro appeared in my mind a couple of months ago. I looked for amateur teams with a couple... With people on my level of play, conclusion, they all suck. And that means I also suck. After that, I discovered BBC. I was Curtis sub, but didn't care about the podcast. In the last three weeks, I've heard 30, I've listened to 30 episodes. One of the things you both say is you got to be a solo queue monster if you want to become a pro player. Let's focus on solo queue, then I said. So he left his team. The problem, I'm young. I got time, a good PC, and love to love the game. But I've been struggling to get out of this elo. It made me think that if I can't easily beat other diamonds, how will I do in the near future? I have self-confident and information from the podcast enough to know that I can get challenger. It's all about the process. But when? Two years now, maybe? One year if my process keeps being fast? And after that, i got to keep my rank or climb more. At that time, I'd be 18 or something. Won't be that young then. I know how hard it is to go pro. The fact that league is what I want to do for the rest of my life but I'm not good enough yet to think about going to other levels. Scares me and gives me anxiety. Should I try to do it? Maybe just forget it and concentrate on what I will study. What are your recommendations? Hope you understand how important this is for me. I mean, look, what was his name? Jose? Jose, yeah. Um, Look, going pro is, it's really fucking hard. My baseline recommendation is don't go pro. Yeah. To anyone. You, you got to be obsessed like the fact that like like i understand that you you want to think like you want to be i guess conservative because that's our default response is like you want to be we want to be safe you want to be conservative yeah. you want to take the, the safe route but in but in our experience you know with jose with, with 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 pro players there was no care of a safety net or safety or being conservative with time it's like there is no other option yeah it didn't make sense from a from a lifestyle, from a... Well, they were just to try to up addicted, build addictive yeah, tendencies. And build everything. addictive tendencies and they just happen to be, you know, right place, right time, really good, naturally talented, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you are questioning it, then it's not for you. You've got to be so delusional mm. and you've got to be so obsessed that there is no other option. It's like, I am doing this and that is it. You have a very small window. So the way I view it is, um, look, you can definitely try to go pro and do other things, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I like, think I, I don't think, think you need to be full time to want to go agree. pro. I think that I mean the way that it works with a lot of people is they're doing other things. They just happen to get really high elo, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, cool." Like, I, 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 in my mind, there's no reason why you couldn't either work a part time job or you couldn't go to university year one, year mm. two, because first year uni and second year uni are pretty bloody easy anyway. Like, there's no reason why you can't do both. So I feel as though is it, you've got a few options here, man. It's like, 
I think that you either... I mean, okay. I think he should try, regardless of whether or not he has an ambition of going pro. Like, to just... I think it's a great hobby for him, regardless. Especially since he seems like a competitive dude. He has a lot of fun. He enjoys the process. Have a crack. And, like, I, I don't think you should have expectations about where it might be. It's like, well, I'm just going to have a go. I'm going to take my improvement very seriously. You know, I'm really going to spend a lot of my time and time, you know, spare time getting better at this. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to see where I get. I'm going to see where I get in a year or two. And if, if you happen to continue that trajectory and your process seems to get you really good results in two years and you get high rank challenger and you're still like 17, whatever it might be, um, thumbs up, great. Then maybe that is a choice. That's a, that's, a, that's a bridge that you can cross when you get there. But I don't think... I don't think you should be making huge sacrifices in your life to pursue, to go pro right now. Like, I don't really see it. Because you would be, but you can still play six games a day while having a part-time job. Two blocks. You, mm. can, you can even do that while at university. If you're really diligent with your studies and make sacrifices in other areas. Yeah. Like you know, relationships or free time, watching Netflix, cut the crap. Just study, work out train practice solo key you know that's all you would need to do so um in my mind it's a, it's a, it's it, you might as well if you enjoy it and you love it go for it would you say something similar yep i think it's the same S- don't make any sacrifices no. play the game for fun and well, take, um, take the training seriously take the training seriously but the, but it's just like you don't you don't have to add that extra press, fuck i gotta go pro it's like yeah well, cross that bridge when i get there yeah. like it's good to kind of like oh, maybe, maybe, but like I don't think about that until you're like you know one KLP, you know, just don't get like that's why that's the way I tell when people people say well, should I go pro? It's like get one KLP first, and mm. then we can kind of we can touch that on that later. Yeah, that's the goal. That's like the first goal. That's I the agree. first goal. Yeah, you can't go pro if you can't get you know one KLP. That's right, at least at minimum. All right. Yep. Um. I think we're happy with that question. Yep. Don't yeah, I mean I I just I fall into that trap of like I've got to be pro like no, you know. it's gonna eat you alive if you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, because then and the people that can manage that expectation, they're so delusional, they're so confident. They're, they probably wouldn't be writing. They that wouldn't email. even be writing that email. Yeah. So you're you're you know it's a different you're a different type of pro potentially, if that makes sense. All right, last question here is from Daniel. Title of this email is Replay Review vs. Live Game Coaching. Hey guys, love the podcast. I finally decided to get coaching, better late than never, and had some questions about what to look for when shopping for coaching. I'm a plat player if that makes a difference. My first question, is VOD review style coaching or live game coaching better? Do you somehow learn more from having a coach in your ear telling you what to do while playing? Or do you learn more from a coach pointing out your mistakes in a VOD? Second question, if VOD reviewing is better, how do I select good VODs to be reviewed? All right, so let's answer the first question first. So VOD review style, what we do, or live coaching while playing? I am anti-live coaching. I think it's a joke. I think it's a meme, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go to the extent to say it's a meme. Yeah. It's fundamentally flawed. Mm. I mean... And why is that curse? At the end of the day, your goal, the way you're going to improve in League of Legends is you are going to express your best self and then you're going to see where you're at and then you're going to then you're going to be able to notice the trends, the patterns, what's missing, what's there and then set some active, you know, 
actionable learning objectives moving forward. If you have someone in your ear talking about what to do, why, you know, you don't, all you're doing is you're, they're you're playing sheep. the game. You're a sheep just listening to so, the instructions. So I, if I were to then play that game and look into the review, I don't know if I would have done that, what I would have done. There is no, I don't understand how you set takeaways from that. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, okay, we end that game. You, this guy told me to go here and you don't really understand why, because you can't, he can't explain why to go top right now and what that coach is seeing in that moment. There is, it's just like, do it. So you're going to do it. And then you get into the review and the coach might say, okay, I told you to do this because this, but at the end of the day, it would have been much better to see what you would have done. Then we can get very specific and be like, hmm, interesting. You didn't see this Rome opportunity because of X, Y, Z. That's where the learning is made. Not with, with what that guy has done. So yeah, live coaching just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense from a, from a learning So even if you review after... Yeah, like I said, I, I won't know what I was capable of, what I would have right. done in yeah. this game. If, if if we could run like an alternate reality where it's like, okay, this is what the coach would have done in this game and then this is like what I would have done and then compare the both, like alongside each other, sure. But what you're doing is a combination of both. It's like half you, half him, and it's just a fucking shit show. What's an analogy you could use to describe this? Like let's, let's say if you're trying to teach someone piano. Is it the same? So... So if I'm getting told to press keys versus doing it myself, how no, is it's different, different because the, league's the, different, isn't it? League's different because it's not replicable. You're not you're not isolating a skill. That's right. So if that that would be good, if it was literally like one skill that you were repeating, so they were showing you how to do that skill. But in, over the scope of an entire game, all the chaos, everything, for there's example, so many little things. Yeah. So for so example, like okay, let's let, let's imagine like you're getting taught how to. Um, throw a basketball and then you've got like an actual coach next to you and they're like kind of guiding your hand and telling you in your ear where to look at and like do it. Mm. That would be useful because you're like, oh, okay, I, now I know what they do. Now I can kind of like do that again and again and again. Then I can, then they can step aside. Then I can do it by myself. Then they can come back to make more adjustments and go by. Like you could just, it's just the same thing. But in league, it's like, you're never going to see that exact same scenario again. That's right. So it's like, all you're doing is there's no learning. There is no learning or very, very little learning. So life coaching makes zero sense to me. And I, I don't think I will, unless I am shown otherwise, I don't think I will ever do it. I don't think I'll ever do it. Um, if I'm to think of what, so what, what, what we're trying to do, we're trying to do, you know, with Soul to Midland Academy, we're trying to build. So first thing is, you know, when people come to us, so fixing relationship with the game, yeah. right? Um, or just developing a good relationship with the game, you know, having a process, yeah. completing learning cycles. Mm. So you execute, review, execute again, I guess. Well, no, it's, it's, so you, you execute or let's just express your best self, yeah. whatever that is, yeah. whatever, whatever, where you see where you're at. Then it's, we look at that, we review that. And then we can like distill some learnings and some principles and then we apply those into the next game ideally. That's right. That's the goal. And you need to be doing that yourself. You need to be capable of doing that purely yourself without... Yeah, our goal is to give the person at MLA or Soul to the tools to be able to improve by themselves. That's right. That's, that's the goal. That's correct. Like I'm... I'm a guide. We're I, just like a, like, we're like a ideally, guide. Ideally, like my job's done is when you don't need me anymore. Yeah. In a way. It's like, I mean like, you know, obviously I can be there to assist you when you get into trouble again, right? But... 
giving you the tools to figure out on your own. Like when you're live coaching, I feel like it's just, you're not giving we're them not, the tools. It's a, it's a short-term gimmick. It's a short-term gimmick, that's right. Rather than actually, because yes, they, they, they're, they're going to have to do that again and again and again again with you, but then you're going to have to pay them more money and it just doesn't make sense in a way. It's like a get-rich-quick scheme. Like a, yeah, thing. it's like a get-rich-quick scheme. Like these these coaches that do one-off coaching sessions, it's when people, people ask me, do you do one-off coaching sessions? I didn't realize how illogical they actually are. Oh, yeah. I mean- They don't make any I, sense. I mean, that's what I initially did. And I realized, no, I have to do bulk reviews. You have to do bulk reviews. You have to do bulk because reviews. Because one game doesn't tell me much. It tells me something. Sometimes it's just a bad game to review that they bring. Yeah. It's terrible. Literally, I mean, there's many reviews. I'll say 20, 20% of my reviews, there's not, you're not really going to do, there's no learnings. Yeah, I had some reviews this morning where there's very little takeaways. 20%, maybe even higher, maybe higher than that. Probably a quarter. more. I think it's yeah. nearly a quarter. So imagine third. that. Imagine if you paid me and we got one of those $100, games. $100, $70. I feel guilty. Yeah, that's why we don't do them. Yeah. Because we know that the Doesn't only way to, to get value is to do multiple reviews. That's why, you know, ideally someone is in my Midland Academy for, for multiple months as well. So they're getting multiple, multiple reviews and they're seeing other people get reviewed. We see the same problem. They're just fucking... You need to say the same thing over and over again. Shit. That's why That's right. attending reviews, watching the VOD reviews, just being around reviews and hearing the same messages, the, the same problems. That's the key thing. That's the Telling key you the problems. message one doesn't actually get in your head no. at all. You need to hear it thousands of times. You need to hear it a lot. And you didn't reset here. Look at how much gold your inventory. Salt is in number six. Yeah, if you actually not go... Not popping health potions. It's like... If you sit into any gold... So, so you do this in gold platinum and diamond, right? Yeah. So you go to any gold salt session or gold Midland Academy session, you'll hear the same shit. So here we go. It's another reset problem here. You fucked up your wave again. It's the same It's the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. To but really it clicks. get this... But it, it clicks. Click. It clicks and eventually. Like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Right? So I think that fundamentally getting individual review sessions, let alone live coaching, doesn't make sense. No. So the only scenario which you wanted is you should get value from it. You will get value from an individual coaching session is if um, you have like a very specific problem. Maybe it's like a match. Yeah, you need questions. You need like, questions. it's like this vote. Okay, I, I'm bamboozled. I'm, I'm pretty good on my own. Like I kind of know how to solve problems, but this one specifically... I really need guidance. And Isaiah, you have like three examples. Like you have to really, yeah. Like, like, yeah. You, I mean, if I was, if I just did one-off coaching sessions, I would want them to come as prepared as possible because yeah. if they're coming to me, me hoping that I just give them some sort of wisdom, no. that's bull. That's not how it works. So actually, what I started doing at the end, so what I ended up doing it towards the end of my like when I used to do individual coaching sessions, what I would say is you bring three vods, three vods, yeah, three. Examples. So if that's you great. wanted to do coaching with someone, yeah. I would say you bring three vods. Yep that really highlight your level of play and you go through all three and you find the trends between all three. That's what I would do. That's what I'll ask the coach to do. It's like, okay, I got three VODs here. Let's go all three. It shouldn't take longer than like an hour and a half to no. go through three VODs. Yep. So, all right. Easy peasy. Three VODs. Um, we go through all three and then we find the trends between the play. So what a good VOD would look like is any VOD that you're playing, you know, high intensity on your main champion and it's not over at like level one from, from shitty invade. From something like that's that. like really rarely going to happen. Exactly. Something that's like rare. You don't, so that's it. That's, as long as you tick those boxes, whether it's a win, whether it's a lose, doesn't matter. That's right. Correct. That's it. Um, I made I put a video today on the Soul 2 YouTube channel saying... Uh, two examples of games that were just looked like wins, but the decision making to get those leads was so wrong. Like those reviews are so much more important than some losses. Yeah, I get them all the time. It's like, guys, like, the, the, like what I actually said was 
these wins are more of an indication of why you're in the ELO you are than the losses. Because climbing is all about consistency. consistency. It's not about the one win or the no. three block. It's about it's about that month. It's about like how it's about the hundreds of games you're going to play. Decision making. So um, if yeah, if you're going to get coaching, man, um, prepare well. Prepare well. Try and get a series of vods that you think really capture your level of play, win or loss. Compile them together, and then you know take notes. Make sure you review those games and, and view what your takeaways are as well. And then you just get them get them reviewed. Hopefully that would help. Excellent. All right. Well, that's it for the mailbag and BBC episode number sixty four. Good work, everyone. Let's keep on improving. Excellent. And we'll and watch s- the movie. Yes, Sound, Sound of, of metal. metal. It will change your perspective. Guarantee. Interesting. It. See you guys later.